have you here today on a beautifully cold and snowy uh, Monday. Um, I'm here, of course. Uh, my name is Anthony Shulo, uh, covering the White Sox here for the Crosstown Baseball Show, joined by um, Anthony Romanelli, as always, our Cubs guy. Uh, Romanelli, how are you feeling today? Feel good. Uh, the snow is a little disappointing, but other than that, I feel pretty good. The only thing that kind of keeps me moderately okay with the snow is knowing that you know hopefully it goes away soon and we're attending baseball games though i'm well aware when i go to opening day i will probably not be going in a t-shirt and shorts i'm probably going to be in layers uh definitely going to be in layers uh one thing i'm most proud of relating to our continued deep thorough knowledge of all things baseball is that we are where is it Self-proclaimed experts. Self. No one knows. Yep. No one knows better than us. <laughs> and we know that. That's so funny you bring that up because I'll tell you what, folks, before we hopped on here, we were talking about what we were going to talk about today. One of the first things that I, I brought up was kind of all these other um, kind of Cubs, White Sox, communities, podcasters, bloggers. And I wanted to spend a minute kind of talking about why we're a little different here at the Crosstown Baseball Show, because we're relatively new. We're about 11 or 12 episodes into to the shindig, um, a shindig that you should subscribe to on YouTube. Um, but what I'll say here is, is we're different from those folks. You know, I think anyone who's listening to us probably follows a bunch of other those folks out there. And quite frankly, they are self-proclaimed experts. And we're, we're not here in front of you trying to be experts, trying to think we know better about baseball than the front offices of the Cubs and the Sox. We're just two fans uh, that really love following our teams and get really pumped uh, about them, whether they're doing good or bad or ugly, anything in between. And we are doing this because we like talking about baseball, um, but we're just two Anthony's having a good time, really. So um <laughs> We're not going to be here as self-proclaimed experts thinking that everything we say here is the end-all be-all. We're just having fun because we love the sport and we love our team. So if you want people that are going to talk about stats and projections and blah, 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 and think it's going to be the holy grail, maybe another show's for you. But if you just want random bullshit in baseball, that's what we're here. So, uh, yeah. No, bullshit in baseball. Maybe we should change our name. Bullshit in baseball. I'm sure that yeah. that will turn heads like nobody's been. Yes. <laughs> baseball and bullshit. Bullshit and baseball. Also, you would imagine the logo. Imagine the logo or just call <laughs> shirts and just have them make a bullshit and baseball shirt. That'd be awesome. We'll call we'll call obvious shirts once we get a partnership with them. See see if they can see if they can hook hook us up. There you go. Well, folks, um really good show today because we've been through spring training. It's been a couple of weeks. We're kind of at the halfway point, slightly past the halfway point in spring training. So I thought it'd be cool to, um, to talk about today, Romanelli, just how we would really craft the 26 man roster for both the Cubs and the Sox. Um, you know, we get to this interesting point where, um, and it's already happening for both teams where once you get towards the middle of spring training games, um, middle of March, you start to see those roster cuts. People either, um, you know, assigned to minor league camp, assigned to the minors, or just cut and released altogether. And we're starting to see some of that um, for both of these teams. So I thought um, before we get into some exciting stuff over the next couple of weeks, let's take a pit stop and just talk about um, who we would put on our 26-man roster if um, camp were to get out today. And so um, – Let's start with the Cubs. I think that's a great place to start because, quite frankly, um, there is a lot of question marks there, a lot of people trying to make a team and kind of cement themselves as the future of the Chicago Cubs. So um, I think what we should do, Romanelli, is let's start kind of with one, um, one, I guess, player position group. And so by that, I mean let's kind of start with pitchers, then we'll go to position players. So um, let's start by kind of before we even go into your list and, like, dissect all these players here um, – I want to give listeners just a sense of how the roster construction works if you don't really know too much about it. So um, major league rosters are made up of 26 players. Um, so going into opening day, uh, teams will be required to fill out a 26-man roster. Um, the 26-man roster obviously does not include anyone who is taking up DL time. Uh, I said DL. Wow. IL time. However, a throwback. Um, right. So IL time. IL time, if you're on a 60-day or a 15-day DL, you don't take up a 26-man roster spot. Um, 
And how this works is you can have, as part of the 26-man roster, uh, up to 13 pitchers, no more than 13. So, um, like, for example, for my exercise, I did 13 pitchers, 13 players, and that's kind of how I broke it down. So um, why don't we start with the Cubs pitchers? Romanelli, if you're creating this roster today, which 13 pitchers are on this team? And kind of break it down by rotation bullpen for us. Sure. Um, if I look at starters right now today, uh, focusing on the two in the two day, um, sadly, my guy, he's not going to be my number one. Mm. He can't be. Um, so I've got in this order, I've got Stroman, Talon, Steele, Smiley, and Wisniewski. As one, two, three, four, and, and five, and most likely in that order. Um, we'll see what happens when Hendricks comes back, but nobody knows when that's going to be. So those are my five. So let's talk about that five for a second. So first off, I noticed that you're kind of, um, you're essentially giving up to me in our bet, and you're saying Stroman's going to. I am. <laughs> I am. It's way early, but but unless well, Steele's not even pitching, so I, I have no, I have no leg to stand on. Very true. I have, I have nothing, and I'm not, and I can't be like, well, what about this guy? No, because Steele's my guy, and if he goes down, I'm, I'm, I'm a dead man walking. So let's talk about this guy because there's one person on this list that, when you look at what they've done in spring training so far, I, I found myself watching their appearances and going, this guy, and it's Hayden Wisniewski, and he has been impressive. Yeah, um, he's got an ERA under two, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, specifically, he has an ERA of 0. 0.00. 0. Yeah, <laughs> which would be significantly further than under two. Um, I just right now he's pitching out of his mind. Um, so does does he become your opening day starter? I mean, I don't even I don't even know if you could do that. Um, I. I you know, opening day starters are weird. I, and I think you, I mean, you know this, I know this. Like, there's two things with opening day starters. There's actual performance, and then there's, like, that veteran presence and that leadership role that usually right. comes with the number one ace or opening day starter. And I I don't know that they would do that to Wesneski, but when you look at Wesneski and what he's done this spring, as I just mentioned, I mean, he's got a, he's got a, um, a zero ERA. Um, but this right. guy's pitched eight and two-thirds innings, 11 strikeouts. Yeah, that's just insane. And to your point about, you know, not trusting him with the ball on opening day and the veteran presence in Strowman, that's why I believed Steele could have been the, the dark horse. Um, he's a lefty. He'll be going up against the lefty in the opening day against Milwaukee. So I was like, let's go lefty, lefty. Mm -hmm. I Again, Steele is still my guy if he gets healthy, but I'm worried. And I know it's only March 13th. Uh, but to be that to be out and not even heard from, at least Hendricks has heard from. You're hearing a little bit about it, but you're not hearing anything about Steele right now. So uh, those are my five in that order. But like you said, Wisniewski has made a name for himself and then some. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it, it's my understanding. I mean, last time he pitched, I believe, and I'm talking about Justin Steele here, is the last time he pitched was in that a couple innings in that um, no hitter game. In Correct. And you're right. I kind of am looking at up looking it up now because now I'm kind of wondering why we haven't heard, but we really haven't. And it, I, no, he hasn't been on TV. You've heard nothing from David Ross. You've heard nothing. That's very shocking. Usually they're really good with at least telling you a guy, hey, you know, we're resting him for a week. You know, yada yada. He's got a you know dead arm, whatever it is. But uh, very odd. Um, yeah. Right now he's not on anybody's radar, and that that, that concerns me. Absolutely. Uh, I don't blame you one bit. So, you know, when you go through this list here for you, we have obviously Stroman, Tyone, Steele, Smiley, and Wisniewski. And, um, and so here's so here's my question for you is because one guy is not on this list for obvious reasons. It's because he's, he's going to be injured to start the season, and that's Kyle Hendricks. So let's fast forward and say Kyle Hendricks comes back end of April, early May. Who are you dropping from this list of five, if all, if all, and this, this, then now let's make it tough now for you. If everyone here is pitching moderately well, who are you dropping? Smiley. 
even though he's, well, yeah, Smiley, even though he's your lefty, he was the one who was getting eaten up by Rios early on. Um, he has the, he had last year's highest ERA. Um, to me, it's Smiley, even though they paid him, what, $9 million a year, something like that? Well, yeah, uh, about that, from what I recall. Um, but if you do look at what Smiley has been doing um, this spring, I mean, I, I think I'd have to agree with you. I mean, he's, he's, he has a five and over five and a half ERA. Um, he's given up 15 hits in eight innings. I mean, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't look great. So, no. Um, so he's my, he's my, oh. he's first one out the door. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so going into going into opening day, you know, those five look really solid, but uh, I think you have even more question marks in the bullpen. So what, what did you get to when you got to through the bullpen? Um, well, let's see. We have Hughes, Fulmer, Boxberger. Boxberger, I think, is going to eat up a lot of innings. Keegan mm-hmm. Thompson, Rowan Wick, um, Merriweather. Maybe uh, is Lighter still around? Uh, they did re-sign him to a minor league deal. Yeah, let so Lighter. Let me see if actually. Let me see if Alzalay. I know Alzalay's down already. Right. Al- Alzalay, Hughes, Fulmer, probably Boxberger, maybe Rodriguez, Thompson, Rowanwick, Rucker, Merriweather, and Lighter. Yeah, so you did what I did. You went with 13 pitchers, uh, which is yep. was great. Um, I can confirm that, yeah, Leiter um, is the did sign a minor league deal. But right before spring training, he's actually clocked in really only three innings this spring. Um, no runs, three hits over three innings, two strikeouts, but not really uh, putting in much of a load this spring. Um, when I look at that, when I look at that list, I mean, when you look at that list, what's your confidence level with that bullpen right now? <laughs> You're so funny. Um, I, I don't know that I have any. Um, I, Alzale is your is your vet, quote unquote, veteran. Uh, I would say Thompson, maybe, um, maybe, even though his ERA last year was almost four point four. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Boxberger. He's a big boy. Uh, other than that, no one. I, I'm not scared of anybody in that bullpen. I'm not. No, no. I mean, it. this is one of those areas that, and, and we'll talk about this, I feel like, when we're going through the Cubs position players, but we, we've talked about it on and off, um, not even here on the show, but offline, about if, if this rotation, when you're looking at the likes of Stroh, Tyone, steel when he's healthy and definitely was nasty if they're pitching at a high level and they are holding holding teams offense down and your offense only needs to score three or four runs a game that's all fine and well but it's when you get to the bullpen that that really starts to crumble and i could see this bullpen the one thing that they massively reinforce if they get to july in the trade deadline and they're actually making a surprise push because this it is not going to cut it i don't think I, I don't think so either. Um, for all the focus on, okay, we, we need to get better as a team. We need to get better as a team. So they go out and they sign Swanson, um, but they still haven't inked Hap or they haven't inked Horner. Here's the problem with that. You're waiting to see how they perform, right? Mm-hmm. So as as Cubs management, if your bullpen doesn't hold up, and that then begins to bring down the vibe in the clubhouse. You're not going to keep Hap and you're not going to keep Horner and it's going to be a continuous rebuild. Did you put too many eggs in one basket in Swanson? Um, mm. And at when Swanson, and yes, he's going to be there seven years. So let's say he plays five solid years. You really realistically do want to sign Horner. You know that. So get it done already. Um I do think that there's something to be said for having the confidence that you know you're going to be part of that future. Right. And when you have a bullpen like this and nobody scares me, I don't know that that does a lot for the confidence that the collective team overall. Now, they've won, what, 10 of their last 12 or whatever, whatever, 
again, now if we look at them winning 10 of their last 12, what percentage of those 10 games were the starters in for the full game? Zero, right? So you win 10 to 12 games with them, with your starters playing four for everybody else playing for a spot. So if they get that spot, then you hope that they can keep it up. Because right now they're they're busting their tail to get onto the team. Mm-hmm. Now, once they get on the team, they're like, "Oh, thank God, I don't have to perform anymore." No, that's that's when the season that's when the game starts. Right. So that's when it you know play like I, I joked online. I'm like, you know, we're nine and zero in the last nine games. None of that matters. So yeah. have a strong bullpen when it matters. I'm going to say this now. David Ross is on a short short leash. I've said it before. I'm telling you because they did all this stuff with getting, and we'll get to the projected lineup, which still doesn't scare me a whole lot. Mm. Um, and then Jed saying, well, I, I did this. I got you all this stuff. Eh, I don't know. I like Ross as a manager, um, but it's, it's Jed. I don't like, and I've said that from the beginning, but because of that, somebody's going to end up having to be the fall guy. And I know it's only the March 13th and, I'm like, Jesus, it's doom and gloom Um, because that's not the case. And that's not my hope. Uh, I just want them to be competitive. And again, I said, I've said it forever. Be get to 500 this year. I'll be happy Mm -hmm. right now. They're not getting there. Well, you see, you bring up a a few interesting points. I want to go back to the bullpen thing for a second, because you are right. It's not scary, obviously, but but here's something that is interesting, and th- this is the first time, and I am going to be positive on the Cubs for a second, shocking, but one thing that I am impressed with this team that you and I both know the Cubs haven't had, I mean, you go back to the years of, you know, Chris Bryan, Javi Baez coming up when Ian Happ first came up, Schwarber, they had, you know, position players out of the wazoo, zero homegrown pitching talent. And that is completely flipped flip now. I mean, we're talking about Hayden Wisniewski, who didn't grow up in their system. He was part of the um, to the trade of Yankees or with the Yankee trade to yeah. Rizzo. But but you go down this list and you're looking at Steele, Wisniewski. You're looking at Thompson, Wick, um, Azalai. I mean, yeah, these people, these folks aren't going to come into the the bullpen this year and, and light it up. But I would say their pitching infrastructure is a lot better, and I have a lot more faith in it now than I did even two or three years ago, which while this is scary, gives me a little more confidence that a handful of these guys take a big step this year. And then in 24, you're in a really good spot. I would agree. I think if they take that step, I completely agree. Let's hope that they do. And we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Um, So a lot of question marks there that that's a, that's a doozy, that bullpen. I think it'll be interesting to see two things I'm looking for is number one, who ultimately makes that bullpen, because there's a few, there's a few names even in here that, you didn't even mention probably because obviously there's only limited space, but two, there's right. a bunch of guys that are unproven. You're, you're Javier Assad, Adrian Sampson's. I mean, there's a ton of them. Um, but number two is I'm looking at the whole closer by committee versus are you naming a closer thing? And I, I don't think Ross is going to name a closer. I think it's going to be a closer by committee situation. I agree until there's somebody who absolutely proves himself. It will be close. It will be closer by committee. It's going to have to be, they don't have, Right now, I, it's to me, it's Alzale. Mm. He's your, to me right now. He's your closer if there is one. But like you said, it's going to be by committee. So let's let's move over to position players because that that's sure. interesting too right now for this team. So kind of go through with us what the heck are they doing there? Well, um, every if I'm looking good sentence about the Cubs starts with well and a sigh. That's right. great. Well. <laughs> Another new name for the show. Well, well, uh, um, uh, something just fell in my room. Something keeps falling in my room. My place is a disaster. I told you. Yeah. And stuff just keeps falling because it's all placed on top of each other. Do you have and both cats? Are, and both cats are right here. I don't know what it is. Do you have ghosts? You probably have ghosts. I, I may have ghosts. Ghosts of Cubs past. Yeah. Who knows? Um, <laughs> uh, if I'm looking at my projected lineup, my starting lineup. I think it's it's pretty expected. You've got Horner, Swanson, Hap, Mancini, Ballinger, 
Hosmer, Wisdom, Rios, and Barnhart. And probably in that order. Okay, so, okay, hold on one hot second. There's, okay, I'm, you already got me kind of asking questions in my brain. So, all right, so Horner, I'm going to guess. So Horner, you have it short, or second. Swanson, you have it short. Happy, you have it left field, I'm assuming. Mancini, you have it right. Mm-hmm. Um, Belly's in center field. Hosmer's at first. Wisdom's at third. And Barnhart's a catcher. You're putting Rios as your DH? Yeah. Interesting. I'll bet that's what happens. Oh. I'm not betting another dinner, but I'll bet that's what happens. <laughs> you're not you're not gonna lose two meals now. That's right. Not not this this early in the season. <laughs> um okay, that's interesting. So so I'm so that makes me wonder. So let's look. That's that's nine, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So you have four spots. And there's a lot to do with these extra four spots, these bench spots. What are you doing with them? Really good question. That's where it gets. Um, yeah, that's that's honestly um, a really good question. Uh, hmm. I can see you struggled with this because even after thinking about it, you're still kind of torn. Well, I still like Morel, so he's on the bench. Bodie's played well enough to put him on the bench. Oh, okay. I, I, at least right now. I mean, with just sheer performance alone, I mean, you would hope you would hope he didn't just catch lightning in a bottle. I mean, I, I, part of me is like, hey, he's back. He worked on some things. He's good bat to ball, doing well. Part of me is like, okay, is he going to go back to Bodie of the last couple of years? And I, I don't know that I'm sold yet. I don't know that he's going to go back to the Bodie of old. I think he's having his, what I'm going to call Ian Hap moment. Um, and he is going to bust his tail and end, and uh, end up on that bench. Um, will he perform? Who knows? Uh, but that's who I see. Who else I see? Jan Gomes is your other catcher. Right. Right. Uh, who else do we have? So you have, you have then on the bench, Bodie, Morel, and Gomes. So you have one more spot. Good question. Velasquez, maybe? Uh, yeah, I mean, so, and mind you folks, while we're talking about it, let's just be mindful of anyone on the IL, Seiya Suzuki is on the IL, so right. spots is only available because Seiya is down, so, um, you really think, uh, you would, you would, you would have Nelson and maybe fill some of that Seiya playing time? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, because, I, honestly, like, <laughs> I, who else do they have? I love the conviction, it's like, nah. Why not? What, yeah. Let's just play baseball. What are we doing here? Yeah. Who else do they have? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, um, really, a lot of their, you know, I would say just questionable depth. I mean, depth. I mean, you look at the the outfield options. I mean, you put all of their outfield options here within their twenty six man roster, which which is reasonable. Some of the outliers or the the uh, little more depth that they have are in the the infield. So. You have Rios, you have Bodie, um, they have Zach McKinstry, they have Miles Mastrobuoni, um, and then don't forget Nick Madrigal. Another sigh. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Actually, I think I think Madrigal will get more playing time than I think. To be honest with you, I think he will. Um, I think he'll get significant time when. Actually, what he'll end up doing is he'll be the every Sunday player when Horner gets his rest. Interesting. Interesting. That's what, that's what I think that I believe it, I he'll be, he'll, he'll be the constant sub. So there was talk, there was talk about putting, I, I know you and I talked about this before about putting wisdom in right field. That scares the heck out of me. I don't love that. I don't at all. I, I no. don't see that happening at all. That's why, no. you know, Put Mancini in the out, and what's his name in the out in right field, and just let it and let it lie. So um, here's, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, before I forget, because I'm looking at it right now, I did pull up spring stats, and we both, I think we both talked about last um, when we talked about standouts and performances last week. We, we, we said, hey, we were a little concerned about Morel because he's still only batting 214 um, 
with 28 at-bats in spring. He's got his fair share of at-bats. Um, he does. Edwin Rios has 21 at-bats. He's at 190. He's below the Mendoza line. He, Other than that one home run, couple RBIs, or two home runs, couple RBIs, I, I if it's me, and I don't know how you feel about him, but if it's me, I don't know that I give him a spot if it's at the expense of a Nick Madrigal. I, I don't. I don't know because they're heavy first basemen. They're heavy. Right. They're just. I, I don't know either. Um, I don't know what the answer is, to be completely honest with you. Um, and I think it's because we don't know. No one's really, again, no one is blowing the cover off the ball to where that right field position is a given. Uh or the uh, left field, I'm sorry. Uh, well, actually, Velasquez would play right. Um, it's it's kind of a crapshoot, to be honest with you. And it's a little scary knowing it's two weeks away. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I think the, the floor for this team we know is quite low. But I also yeah. think if everything's clicking, the floor is higher or the ceiling's higher than we think. But I think of... Of, for obvious reasons, we know where both the Cubs and the Sox are right now and with, with their teams and what they're shooting for. This team and who's on this roster, who's getting the most at-bats, could change as early as May or June. I mean, I, I do see this team evolving so much and even throughout the season that you could be putting 13 guys on the position player side together right now, and it can change in a month. I mean, I think they that's a – I think a – benefit for this team because I do think they have a lot of options, but we've talked about it many times. Like this is not a year where I need to know who my bench is. This is a year of let's get people at bats to know who my bench is in 24. Exactly. And I said, and I said that to you early on that if Ross plays, you know, old school baseball with eventually these guys will catch up, it's going to end up being too late. And I don't want them to be too far behind in April uh, because he's like, well, I'm waiting for the weather to warm up or whatever. Eventually he'll get there. No, like you said, get the guys who you want to see for the, the following season, get them the best that they need. Absolutely. I look at, uh, or you can just put Jake Slaughter on the team. Who the hell is Jake Slaughter? I'm looking at the stats for the spring training stats of the Cubs right now. And there's a gentleman named Jake Slaughter. And I have no idea who the hell that is. I don't either. This is where we're at with the Cubs right now. I used to be able to name single guy on the goddamn 40-man roster in the minors. Now I forget it. I can't. Yeah, I yeah, no. <laughs> nope. I, I, I'm not I'm not even sure to be honest with you, with you when the next cuts are. Um well, um it, it, it differs by team. So, I mean, they could do cuts today, they can do cut, cuts in 2 days. It really depends on kind of what the team wants to do and when. So, um so I, I do suspect here as we get towards, especially since we are, if I'm looking even at the calendar, um, my calendar's not even pulling up. So we are exactly one, two weeks and 17 days. Yeah. Two weeks and 17, yeah, three days, uh, 17 days. So away from spring. So I would say that they're going to be wanting to make a good bulk of the cuts by the end of this week. Um, so they have a, that would be my, yeah. Yeah. So they have a full squad going into the week before opening day, but also mind you too, um, well, baseball classics going on right now. So for they need players to just play spring training games before those world, world baseball classic guys get back. So, yeah, we'll see. So this is the, uh, the lineup that you're going with. So, um, I mean, it is, it is what it is. I don't really know what to say. Like there's no, yeah. there's not really any deep analysis here other than let, we just have to wait and see with this bunch. Yeah. You, you just have to wait and see. You hope that, I really hope that Horner becomes the the player that we think he's going to be. Um, and if if Hap continues on an upward trend, that's going to be huge. Um, I do think Swanson is is as solid as everyone believes. Uh, so that's good. If Bellinger has his bounce back year, that will help. That'll be huge. Um, and then we'll see what ever, everything else I, like. While I like the catching tandem and I'm fine with it and I understand it, I do understand it from a practical perspective. Um, I hope they do well. Uh, I hope that bullpen, the bullpen scares the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. 
It just does. Like, like who's this? I don't want to be doing that all year. Who is this? Yeah, enough of that last year. We got enough of that last yeah. year. Yeah, so that's – I would like some consistency, but I want Ross to be pulling the strings on people early if they're not doing well. Yeah. Uh, and, and him managing like it's his last year. Right. Right. Well – Because – because if he has three seasons in a row under under 500, I told you, then that, then in 24, 23, 24, or 24, 25, he's gone. I really hope that's not true because I, I you would think, part of me thinks, like when he was hired, he was their guy. Like he was their dude. Oh, yeah. He was their dude. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I st- and I still think he is. I, I, true. And I would hope because of that, that they let him be here when they're completely done building this team and don't give him that short lease. Like you, like you say, I hope that really is not true. Yeah, me too. Me too. Mm. I just, I just, I just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good, uh, good thing to consider through this year. Um, at the end of the day though, um, what they're really doing is just saving all this cap space or cap space. I'm thinking football cause it's the football free agency right now. Um, right. have all this, uh, uh, payroll room to sign Shohei Otani this winter. So, you know. Yeah, that'd be nice. So, can you, you can okay, pause. We're gonna jump to the White Sox, my White Sox projected twenty six in a second. Before we do that, and I know we're gonna talk about this in the future, I'm sure, but if they get Shohei, because I, I want to talk about it because Seiya Suzuki has openly said like, hey, I'm gonna recruit this guy. Right. They're already talking. What would be your reaction? Would you just like crap your pants? Like can we like really? I, I, yeah, I would be, yeah, probably, probably a little. Um, I think, I, like, I remember when I went to Boston on purpose to go see Mike Trout. And he was, and in that, in that game against the Orioles, he made this ridiculous catch up against the wall, slammed himself up against the wall, comes up to the, the plate and hits a home run. I was like, yep. He's the real deal, as good as advertised, one of the best ever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Otani, that talent scares me for one reason. Chicago collectively, as a city, has has this, you know, dark cloud of, of ne- never being able to come through or once-in-a-lifetime type thing. Like, the Bulls were an anomaly. The Bulls were an anomaly with Jordan. Like, come on. Before, before, before Michael Jordan, there, there, I was fortunate enough to watch and know some of the Bulls players uh, before Jordan, believe it or not. Um, but, and the Hawks had a, a, a nice run, so that was huge. Um, but just the cloud, especially over baseball, like I don't like if if they get it, like don't screw it up. That's if they get him, I would be too scared. I think most Cubs fans, even now, even yes, they won the World Series, but. They blew the team up, and now you're like, okay, if we get him, don't screw it up. Yeah, yeah. I'm more shocked. I'm more interested to see, Cubs or not, how much money this guy is going to make. And here's the way I like to frame it for people is, you know, there's talk out there, oh, he's going to be the first, you know, $500 million baseball player, which is that going to happen? Absolutely. But think about it this way. You see all these big contracts, and we talked about them a lot, how – you know, it's just a crazy amount of money for people under their age 40 season. These guys are making over 10, 11 years, 300, 350. That's for one player who's on one side of the ball, who's hitting and plays defense. So you're going to take someone who is an all-star MVP on the hitting, on the offensive side, pay him 300 million. And then what happens for a pitcher who also at a scion level, you put those people together, that's two $300 million players. You can make an argument for $600 million right there if you're talking, if you're equating it to other players. Yeah. He'll be, if he, so he'll end up either as a Dodger because he'll stay on the West Coast. He'll end up as a Yankee or he'll end up as a Cub. That's it. Or, or he'll end up as a Blue Jay. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because he wants dual citizenship. No, he or no, would it be tri citizenship? Sure. Yeah, I guess. But uh, he could go to the Mets because Steve Cohen prints money. So, now that's true. That is true. Well, we'll also see 
with him printing money. We'll see if it slaps him in the face this year. Did he did he print too much money too quickly, and then ultimately it slaps him in the face in the Mets face plant? Uh, I'm very interested because, uh, um, you know, but you're right now. Now he wants to compete with the Yankees. He does, and and you're spending that much on a team. And here's the deal: like we all know, spending money doesn't always equate to championships. But um, if if he's spending, it equates to competitiveness. It, it does. It does. But here's the deal: is he's competitive or trying to be competitive in a division with the Braves, with the Phillies. Like it, it is more of a chance that he doesn't win that division spending all that money just because of the other teams in that division. Agreed. So like if I'm Otani, I want to go where I have the best chance to win. Now I know every year the Yankees have a chance to win. The Cubs don't, have a chance to win. Even if he makes the team next year, are they built to win next year or makes the team ends up with the team? If he ends up, are the Cubs built to win? No. Are the Phillies built to win? Yeah. Are the Mets built to win? Yeah. Are the Dodgers built to win? Yeah. The Cubs? No, they're not built to win right now. They're building. They're not built to win. Well, that, that always makes me interested to get into minds of all players because I mean, you wonder when they're making that decision to sign with a team. Like I, I look at Dansby for Dansby Swanson, for an example, like did, did it, inf, did he, was he more willing to come to Chicago? Not only because of, you know, Mallory who plays for the, for the, for the red stars and not, not only because of that, but did him winning a championship with the Braves make him go, I got a championship. So I will take my risk with the Cubs because to me, if you have never been in a World Series before and you've never won a championship, then yeah, maybe you want to be with a team that you know is going to get there. But I, I do often wonder about like what are the priorities of all these players, which are always different depending on the guy. And you may have Shohei Tani go, you know, I love everything else about the Cubs. I don't care that they're not there now, but I want to be a part of it when they are. And you just don't know how how what's what's in his what's in his head right now. Yeah, you're you're right. The perfect example of not understanding what's in somebody's head is Chris Bryant. You took 180 million and you went to Colorado where there's no one. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing there. There's no one there. You don't, I'm happy for him if he's happy with the money, but he, he's never going to win again. Never. Mm. No, I, to this day, I just am so shocked by that. And, and Chris Bryant seemingly has fallen off the face of the earth, which yeah. I is just really sad because you and I both, can agree that whether you're a Cubs fan, Sox fan, just being in Chicago when he was playing on the North side, it was great to watch. And it, just, oh, it was, it was next level. It was, yeah, he was playing on, he was literally a championship level and, and won it all. And you thought he was the real deal and just everything about him, everything about him. And then he just fell off the face of the earth. Well, you know, I never wish anyone ill or or no, not be successful. No, no. I mean, I do hope, and I know we both share this sentiment, is, is I I want him to come out with the Rockies and have an MVP-level season because he needs it. Yeah. He just needs it. He does. He does. Uh, so on to, your, on to your White Sox. Yes, yes. So let's move over to the White Sox. I have my list here in front of me. Um, and like you, I'm going to go ahead and start with uh, the, the pitchers. And I went ahead and, and – um, opted to do 13 pitchers as well. Um, and I'll start with my rotation. So uh, the five guys I have in the rotation, um, and this is going to be actually, I didn't put them in order of one through five, but I will right now for us. Um, the first one will obviously be Dylan Cease. Who? Uh, <laughs> he um, never ceases to amaze me. Um, ah, ha, ha, dad jokes aplenty. Um, so Dylan Cease <laughs> is my ace. I am going to go with Lance Lynn as number two. I will do G Lucas Giolito in the third spot. I will do Michael Kopet pack four, and then I'll do Mike Clevenger five, and that rounds out the rotation. Um, now, before we get to the bullpen, you know, with this rotation, uh, I, I have no doubt, you know, you look at Dylan Cease, you look at Lance Lynn, that they're going to give you, you know, up to anywhere between 180, 200 innings. And 
I can rely on them for consistency. I think Giolito is in a very unique spot because last year he did have a down year. Um, for those of you who followed the Sox last year, you remember that before um, the 2022, 2022 spring training, Lucas put on like 25, around 25 pounds of muscle. I mean, he was a big dude. Now, if anyone out there, and I'm not one of these people, I just know this because of baseball, but if you're out there and if you're an athletic trainer, you know how the body works. When you put on that muscle, that changes how you operate and move your body, and that changes how your body reacts to certain mechanics. It screwed him over last year. Yeah, it did. It, and it did. It was very evident. It was, it was totally evident. Uh, he's already mentioned that he's got something to prove this year. Uh, he's doing well in spring training, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so I, I think his mindset has changed. I think he's going to be in a better place, and I think he'll have a much, much better year. Yeah, I'm tabbing him for a comeback year, no doubt about it. I mean, he's, he yep. has a three, uh, 360 ERA right now in spring, which I'll definitely take nine strikeouts over five innings. That's pretty solid. Um, yep. So I do have him at number three, but he's someone that I do think he is going to have a bounce back year. Um, I look at Michael Kopech, and I'm going to be honest with you, Michael Kopech, and I don't know if people realize this, but when you look at Michael Kopech and you look at how long he has been, with the White Sox, it may surprise you because Michael Kopech, I feel like for a lot of fans, has been that one guy where it's like, oh, he's he's the top prospect. He's the future of this team. Folks, the future the future's gone. It's now. He's here. Because if you look, I mean, people don't realize this. He has been with the White Sox, let's see here, since 2018. Yeah. So he yeah, has, he's a, he's a mainstay. He is a mainstay. Like he's no longer a prospect folks, but here's the deal. No. Between, between injuries, between being, you know, on and off the field, not being too consistent and by not, you know, really logging a lot of, a lot of innings this year, this is the year for him to take that step up. He openly came out and said here in spring that his goal is to pitch 180 innings. And now I hope to God that that is the case. Because um, when you look at the uh, at the innings pitch that he's had in the last couple of years, it hasn't been great. So in 2022, um, last season he did pitch 100, a shade under 120 innings. But before that, in 21, 69, 2018, yeah. 14. I mean, he's had a lot of ramping up to do. But I don't know if you've seen much of Romanelli, but I'll tell you, this guy, he is an absolute stud. And if he can go out and shove for 160 innings, I'm not even going to do 180. For 160 with the stuff that he has, you're looking at another C-slate pitcher. You really are. I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. Me too. Um, he's, again, having been the mainstay, that at least in the clubhouse, right. uh, that, that he has been. I think it's time. It's long overdue for him to have those 160. And it's long overdue for him to be the Kopech that everybody has expected for all, this, all these years. It's long overdue. And I'm hopeful for the White Sox that he gets there. Absolutely. Um, the last uh, last uh, individual in here in my rotation, of course, is Mike Clevenger. So um, Mike Clevenger this year, I want to kind of go to the stats here because I think he's only appeared in one game so far this spring. The other day, actually, yes, he pitched two and two and two thirds innings, um, four strikeouts over two and two two thirds innings, but he also gave up two runs for hits. So um, he is a guy where, you know, when I go back and look at just the body of work for Mike Clevenger. Obviously he had his best seasons pitching um, for Cleveland and he had like a, a string of three years in Cleveland where he was pitching near Cy Young level baseball. I mean, he was 2017, 12 and six, 311 ERA, 2018, 302 ERA, 2019, 271 and just fell off a cliff. Yep. Before he fell off that cliff, I was like, I liked that signing. I said it. I was like, that's a good signing. I'm, I was excited when they got him. If he comes back to near that form, the White Sox are in a that, – that, that, that's a good starting five. That's a solid starting five. That is an above – that is an over 81-win season. Easy. A absolutely. I, I, when I look at this five, you can make the case that if, if, if all of these guys are – are performing at their 50th percentile. Okay. So they're playing 50% better than the rest of the league. You put them in the 50 to 80%. This is maybe the best rotation in baseball. I'm not going to dub it that right now, but it could be um, with the guy, could be. guys that are here. Um, yeah. Now um, I do want to move over to the bullpen because 
the bullpen has always been okay. Not always last couple of years, obviously I say last couple of years, that's been the strongest feature of this team. Um, and so in the bullpen, before we even get through that list, a couple little notes. So obviously Liam Hendricks going to be starting the season in the DL because of the non Hodgkin's lymphoma. I keep saying DL damn it. I L. Um, <laughs> And then Garrett Crochet, who is recovering from Tommy John surgery, he's also going to start on the IL. Um, he is, according to Rick Hahn a couple weeks ago, said um, he's not going to be slated to return until middle of May. So those two guys are shoe-ins to be in this bullpen. But for now, for our 26th on March 30th, that gives us two extra spots. So um, for our bullpen, here's what we're looking at. I'm putting uh, Ronaldo Lopez in the bullpen. Okay. I'm putting Jake Diekman, Joe Kelly, yep. Kendall Graveman, uh, Jimmy Lambert, Aaron Bummer, and then I had two spots, and these were the Crochet and uh, Liam spots. Now, these are the spots that eventually, obviously, are going to be occupied by those two guys. So these are the, I call them the let's give them a shot spots. And so <laughs> the let's give them a shot spots are going to Franklin German, uh, German um, okay. and or Franklin German, excuse me. So Franklin German um, is one of those guys, when you look at what he's done in spring so far, it's actually been very impressive. I mean, he has a killer fastball. He is someone who's just electric when you see him on the mound this, this spring. I mean, he is so far after six innings pitch, he has a zero ERA and has struck out seven over three innings, or excuse me, seven over six innings, only given up three hits. So He's looking really good. I would like to give him a shot. Um, another person I'm going to give a shot to is someone who, because of roster reasons, the Sox are kind of um, have their hands tied, and that's Nick Nick Avila. Um, Nick yeah. Avila was a <clears throat> Rule 5 draft pick from the Giants. Now, how that works, folks, is if you select someone in the Rule 5 draft during the winter meetings, um, you have to hang on to them and they must be on your 26 man roster on opening day. If they are not, you give them back to that team. So yep. um, I do think because of that, they will try Nick Avila uh, there in that rotation, at least in the interim before uh, crochet and or Liam comes back. Um, but I'll say this. I, I've, Certainly feeling a lot better about that bullpen over the Cubs bullpen by quite a large margin. There's a good mixture of large margin, margin. and <laughs> by a large margin, there's still, you know, that good mix in that bullpen of veterans uh, to, to younger guys. Um, I'm particularly interested to see kind of what they do with that closer role until Liam comes back. Yeah. I think um, the White Sox should feel very confident. Uh, there's a difference between being comfortable and confident. Uh, I think they should feel very confident with who they have coming out of the bullpen, starting. Um, I think they're they're in much much better shape than the Cubs. It's not even it's not even close. Um, I see no reason why they can't compete and honestly win the Central, win the AL Central. Yeah, that's um, very interesting, and I don't want to get obviously too into it because next week we're going to talk about season predictions, but. Um, I do think, and I'll, and I'll keep it short and sweet on this. Uh, when you bring that up, I just go back to what my thought has been all winter. And that is with this team, and we'll get to the position players in a second. They went 81 and 81 playing subpar baseball. The only unit that was doing well was their starting pitchers and no one could stay on the field all season. So I, I, just to give everyone a, a, a context, if you add, if you win just 10 more games, you're at 91 wins, folks. That's just basic yeah. math. I mean, that just blows my mind. If you had your big, your big boppers in this lineup that we're going to talk about shortly playing 140 games, that 81 wins turns to 91, potentially 93, 95, and we're having a whole different conversation. And it's just, yeah, then we're, yeah, it's crazy. Then it's playoffs. Crazy to me. Yeah, then, yeah. then we're talking playoffs. Oh my goodness. Let's okay. Let's move over to the position players. Cause that that's where I think we're, this gets very interesting and we're going to have the bulk of our conversation here because um, this is a team that, as I just alluded to a second ago, all things with health go well, people stay on the field. Um, 
I don't have many worries and qualms with this with this group. And so let me kind of go through the 13 position players that we have here. Um, for the catchers, obviously, Yasmani Grandal is going to go ahead and start every day there with uh, Zebi Zavala uh, with the backup catcher. He's been on this yep. team for a couple of years now and is uh, proved impressive defensively. Um, nothing, nothing to write home about with the hitting, but he has his moments. Um, first base, Andrew Vaughn. Now, um, very interested to see kind of what happens with Andrew Vaughn. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Obviously, like you, Romanelli, I followed the Cubs for many years, seeing this White Sox team over the last five or six years or so, really following them intently. There's not many players that I've been as excited about as Andrew Vaughn. I mean, he is as pure of a hitter as you're going to get right now as a young guy. Um, and last year, folks, I mean, you got to remember, Andrew Vaughn yeah. spent all his time in the outfield. And you want to know how much Andrew Vaughn played the outfield before he was in the majors? Zero. So zero, zero. And, and, and I don't know about you, Romanelli, but can you imagine if you're a player in the majors, young guy that your first year playing a full season in the majors, you had to put so much energy into learning an outfield position, which is an entirely different world and how much that must take away from you working on your hitting and being in the right state of mind to focus hundred percent on hitting. I mean, I do think with this move to first, it's going to clear his mind. He's going to focus less on his defense because he's not learning something new. And he's going to be able to hit like a beast. And I am so excited about it. I am too. I think you're right. I think the idea that he'll be settled into a position uh, takes a lot of pressure off of him instantly. Um, and it'll allow him to focus on what he needs to. And that's getting on base. You get on base, you score more runs. Absolutely. Ball go far, team go far. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so well, let's go through this list because I got excited and stopped at Andrew Vaughn, obviously. Um, all right, so at second base, we have Elvis Andrews. Um, Yohan Moncada is going to be at third. Obviously, T.A., Tim Anderson is going to be at short. Andrew Benintendi, uh, new White Sox, is going to be in left field. Luis Robert Jr. Love that signing. Oh, I do, too. I'm so excited to see him. Ugh. I want to come back to him in a second here. Uh, Luis Robert Jr., obviously, is in center. Um, Eloy Jimenez is going to be the DH most of the time. I am giving a roster roster spot to Oscar Colas because he is killing it in spring training. He is and killing it. I cannot wait, Romanelli, to see this guy in a Sox uniform on opening day. I mean, if you look at his stats right now, he is still batting 400. He over 30 at-bats, 12 hits, two homers, three RBIs, He's slugging 633. His OPS is over 1,000. I Again, it's spring training. Let's calm down. But at the end of the day, when you look at how he approaches his at-bats and the type of contact he's making, I'm so impressed. Yeah, impressed is an understatement. Um, <laughs> you, and it is. And you can't say surprised because he's new. But it's, it's, it's next level. He's ready. He's ready and he's going to make a name for himself and people are going to have to learn how to pitch to him in a hurry, or he's going to clobber the entire American league. Absolutely. And I think um, what, I, why I really like him in that spot is, you know, you look at the white Sox, what they did in 2022 and they were easily the bottom three in defense in the whole league. Um, and a lot of that is because Andrew Vaughn was playing in the outfield. Gavin Sheets played a lot in right field, and he will get to him in a second. He's not great defensively. And so Oscar Colas, for as big of a dude as he is and for as great as he is with the bat, he's also an above-average outfielder who in the minors played most of his games in center. If you can play games yeah. in center and be well in the field, you can handle right no problem. So instant upgrade defensively, which is sorely needed on that team. Yep. I actually, watching him hit, all I could think of was, and, and I and I tend to, this seems to be one of my MOs, is like he's Jose Abreu 2.0. Uh, um, he's, yeah. he's gigantic. He crushes the ball. People fear pitching to him. He is. He's a lot like Abreu. That's a, that's a really solid comparison. And, and I will even say there's, there's a couple of things that the Sox haven't had in a while is, is, they haven't had a a kind of a solid all-around hitter 
that bats left-handed. They just haven't in some time, um, number one. Number two is he is very comparable to Jose Abreu. The only thing I'll say is he has more power than Jose Abreu ever did. and which is, ins- which is insane to think about. Like, think about Jose Abreu is one of those guys, you know, when he's he's been playing on the Sox, he's played, played on the Sox for nine seasons, and the majority of those seasons, he's close to 300, 30 homers, 100 RBIs. He hit more than, he got more than 100 RBIs, I mean, bank it every year. But, yep. but once Colas starts getting to his rhythm here, and he has a couple seasons under his belt and he gets comfortable, imagine a guy hitting 300, 40 bombs, 35 to 40 bombs, 110, 120 RBIs. That's what we're th- that's what we're lo- looking at as the ceiling for for Colas, yeah. and that just gets me warm and fuzzy inside. I'm very excited about it. Oh my god! And and again, as a rookie, he's right. going to he he is. You had mentioned this, I think, off air about him being rookie of the year. If he keeps it up, there, I'm telling you, he's the real deal. He is. I don't know where they found him, but holy hell, um, yeah, well, that is a. a that is one of my uh, predictions for next week. So, spoiler alert. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Oscar, Oscar Colas, Rookie of the Year, folks. Um, so, let's go through then the bench because, um, obviously, Oscar Colas is in right field for me. I do have Eloy Jimenez um, on there, but as primarily the DH, um, no doubt he's going to spend some time in left and, and right to spell time for, for Colas and Benintendi. Yep. The bench, I really struggled with this because there are a lot of competing factors right now with who the Sox are paying, the type of players they need on the bench, and I struggled. The only person that I know I wanted on the bench without a without the shadow of a doubt was Hanser Alberto. Okay. Now yeah. fun fact, um Hanser Alberto is a non roster invitee. And you're probably like, well, Anthony why would you want him on the roster if he's a non-roster invitee? Everything I'm hearing about this guy from those who actually report on the team, hearing him speak, hearing him on podcasts, certainly his, his offensive numbers, I mean, this spring have been have been impressive. So if we go to just that alone, uh, where is he at? Where is he at? I lost him already. <laughs> he's batting 471, 17 at bats is just nuts to me. Um, yeah. His offensive production has been solid. I mean, you're not getting him for his bat. So any of that's a plus solid defensively plays second plays third base has some games in the outfield in 2022. He's versatile, but more than often than not, we hear about him being an awesome clubhouse guy. And I can't stress enough how much they need really strong clubhouse guys this year. And you consider all that happened last year and just clubhouse. I mean, the life in that clubhouse was just sucked dry last year. And and it was awful. awful. And don't get me wrong. I do think Pedro Griffol and his staff have already set a new tone. We're hearing out of camp. Things are ran, how things, the expectations are high, all of that. People are held accountable, but they can only do so much. You need guys on the team to be leaders of men and their peers to be leaders. And Hanser Alberto is one of those guys. That's, that's great to hear. Um, Griffal's got a, a nice start for his uh, rookie campaign with the White Sox. I know it's not his first year, but as right. a new manager for the White Sox, he's got a great, great group. Um, the expectations on the South side should be high. I think, you have every reason for it to be high. I think Colas is a huge, huge find. Uh, and if Cease and Giolito and Lynn give you the 160 to 180, 180 to 200, um, man, they're, again, I think they win the Central. Absolutely. Um, just to round out the bench, folks, I did have Gavin Sheets here, left-handed power hitter who, can spend time in, in, in right field or in, in back up to Vaughn at first base. And then my page literally says, and you'll appreciate this from his Cincinnati Reds days in the central, my sheet literally says Billy Hamilton slash Larry Garcia. If, <laughs> if you go to the ballpark, guaranteed rate this season, 
and you were to walk in and ask 10 random fans, who on this team are you most annoyed by that should not be on this team anymore? Eight out of 10 fans will probably say Leary Garcia, okay? Because he played way too damn much last year because everyone was injured. He, he swings at everything. He has his moments. I get that, whatever. But they also, this offseason, gave him a three-year deal at $5 million a year, okay? So yeah. he's one of those guys that they paid him, and I think because they paid him, they may keep him on this squad. Now, the good thing about Leary, and I don't want to shit on the guy, but the good thing about Leary is he is the most versatile person on this team. He has played every defense, every defensive position. I mean, you've you got to, for at least that reason, have that guy on the field. Um, and I think that kind of pays itself off in spades as long as he's not costing your team wins. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's not going to hurt anybody. Um, he's a solid utility guy. Uh, I think you're fine. But but I love Billy Hamilton. I just love <laughs> He's my kind of dude. Like, first off, the guy's an absolute nut ball. Like, he is he a is nut nuts. Ball, And he... The team just loves the shit out of him. And and I think that, again, like Hanser Alberto is worth its weight in gold. Having said that, if you go and you look at the more recent World Series teams, okay, and this is not even just recent. This has been the last couple of decades. There's always that guy on the team in the playoff run where you need someone to come in as a pinch runner late in the game because the margins matter and every foot matters. Yeah. You have Billy yep. Hamilton – Pitching, uh, going ahead and pinch running at first, stealing a base, scoring home on a pop fly. These are the things that are the difference makers. And that's why I want someone like that on my team. Yeah, no, I agree. I'll take the, I'll take the nuts for the runs. <laughs> Don't say that with no contact, folks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's going to end up, you know, that'll end up alone on the internet and yeah, I'm going to get in all sorts of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all sorts of trouble. Um, so here, here's here's what I'll say to wrap up the White Sox talk here is um, I think, and I, you said it before, Romanelli, this is a team that, um, and I'll dive into it more next week when we talk about our predictions, but I'm really high on this team right now. I think I think they did the right thing, hiring Griffel and, and the staff. I think they're the right people in the right roles. And I do think um, that there are folks on this team that are going to take that step forward, whether it's Lucas Giolito on the pitching side, whether it's Moncada, um, Grandal staying healthy. The way I see it is they, and this is a, maybe a piss poor way to look at it, but it's just the truth. It can't be worse because there's no way these guys can play less games. Like it, the odds would be staggering. If these guys book 150, 140 to 150 games this year, um, you're looking at a 95-win team. I, I, I really believe that. Yeah, I believe wholeheartedly they win 90. Uh, and if they get on any sort of a run, the 95 is easily feasible. If, if yeah. everything clicks like it should, and I, and I mean should, not might, but if it, if it clicks like it should, yeah, that 95 is legitimate. It really is. Uh, and I hope they do well. They'll be fun to watch. Uh, we'll mm -hmm. see what happens. Absolutely. Two teams that are in two different modes right now. One I'm going in more, going in two different directions. Ab absolutely. Passing each other's passing each other like ships in the night. Um, <laughs> yikes. Um, watch one, out for right. One of them sinking. Yeah. One of them sinking. Oh man. Don't, don't say that. You give, give, it, it'll be okay. I, I, it will I, be. It will be. I'm high on the Cubs merely because I do I, think they will surprise some people. I, again, I said if if they if they go 500, I will be happy. If they get if they get to 85, to me that'll be huge. Oh yeah! If if, if, if they, they get, get to 85, 85, a lot of things have gone well, and you're closer to getting back to the playoffs and contending than you think. Yeah, wow. and 85 might might win that division. Because they're, I mean, except St. Louis is always just annoying. Well, I'll say somehow, this. Somehow they're annoying. They are annoying. That's what they do. They're good at being annoying. Um, it's the cardinal way. Um, but, <laughs> but what I will say is, and this is something we can get into next week, but just as a little bit of a preview, I'm very interested to 
to see how that balanced schedule affects kind of the um, kind of the records between teams in the same division, because you're playing your, your folks in the division a lot less. You usually would play them 19 times. Now you're playing them 12 or 13 times. So yeah. your ability to get through, through that division really rests in the hands of folks outside your division. So how that dynamic is going to work, I'm very interested to see. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm not sure if I like it. I mean, I, from a baseball perspective, the opportunity to play every team, I get that and I like that. Yeah. Uh, but part, but part of, at least for me, part of the fun is the grind between, you know, and the rivalry between those teams. When you take six or seven of those games away, the rivalry means much less. And mm. it, I don't know, to me, baseball is still, I, I believe the Cubs and Cardinals are the oldest rivalry in all of baseball. And if yeah. that's the case, I mean, it, that doesn't change it, but I like the idea of the rivalry and you, it, it's hard to have a rivalry when you're only playing them 10 times. Yeah. I as opposed see. to nine, 19. Again, that's see. more the old school. That's the more the old school, like get off my lawn kind of get mindset. <laughs> but, uh, they're still on your lawn uh, just seven less times or seven less times. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh man. That's good it. stuff. Good stuff, folks. Yeah, uh, next good. week. Yeah. Next week, we are going to have a really fun show because uh, Romanelli and I are going to give you, for our respective teams, our 2023 season predictions. And we'll also sprinkle in some MLB-wide predictions as well as who is going to win each division in baseball. So that is one you're going to want to watch. Please, please, please actually watch it on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, where's the fancy sign? There it is in all of its glory. Um I hope one day to frame that when we are five years into this and we can say that's that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. And remember, <laughs> and we're self-proclaimed experts. We are self-proclaimed experts. So come hear the self-proclaimed experts give you season predictions next week. Um, stay, uh, stay tuned for that again. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Please like, subscribe, review. And just reach out to us if you want to talk baseball because, hey, we love doing that. So until next time, folks, go White Sox. Go Cubs. Take care, everybody.